Hello, and welcome to the Physio DC podcast. Anybody that knows anything about me knows that I am an incredibly active person between playing soccer, dancing, weight training, practicing yoga, and most recently, Tai Chi practices. Today, we're going to be discussing yoga with our special guest, Lisa Martinez. In my eyes, she's a total master at this. I met Lisa through my crazy aerobics dance fitness class. One day, I just happened to look online on their schedule to find out which one of my favorite instructors would be teaching that night. And to my surprise, I saw yoga on the calendar. I was very intrigued. Now, I've done some style of yoga one or two times before many years ago, and I wanted to like it so badly, but I just didn't. I found it boring and annoying to hold one pose for what seems like forever. As somebody who is hypermobile joints, or basically joints where the ligaments that keeps the bones held together are much looser, I noticed that doing these long holds made me hurt. This was the only style of yoga that I've ever known. Anyway, long story short, seeing all these people post their positive reviews on this new yoga class and kind of an oddball class intrigued me even more. And I'm not saying that the class is odd, but it was just sort of like one of these things is not like the other because the aerobics (laughs) class is just super high intense, dancing, twerking, and then all of a sudden there's yoga. So that is kind of odd. Anyway, um, the intrigue made me try it out and I bit the bullet and gave it a try It was like nothing I'd ever known of yoga. It was very hard, very fun, and I was immediately drawn to Lisa just based on how she gave instruction and described various muscle activations that should be taking place with every movement. So without further ado, Lisa, welcome to our show. Hello, (laughs) I'm glad you looked at the internet then. Yes, I'm so happy I found you. So the audience now knows what my definition of yoga was, um, which I thought was holding positions forever. Clearly, I was wrong. What would you say that your definition of yoga is? My definition of yoga is, uh, can I say what it is not first? Sure. It is not... (laughs) Boring long holds. Okay. People um, thinking that they know more than the students about yoga. My definition of yoga is you understanding your body, mm-hmm. your mind, your emotions, and the connection between the three and how they affect each other. That is a wonderful definition. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Because that's basically when I started practicing, that's what I feel now when I do practice. Yeah. So yoga means union. And that's, and, you know, anyway, that's, that's the whole, it really is. When those three can be understood in, in the whole by you, not by the teacher. Mm -hmm. That's what yoga. What prompted you to... To mm-hmm. begin yoga. Yeah. Um, so in 2002, I was a mom of four, sons six and under. And I um, was homeschooling. I was, I was mom. And we lived in South Georgia at the time. My husband was a Marine on the, um, on the Marine Corps base in Albany, Georgia. And um, my... Um, the a very 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 ocean's worth of a story short mm-hmm. is my we were at a place where my our car was our van was being serviced and 
um, my sons were outside the van and we lost track. I lost track of my youngest and my youngest, um, was behind our van. Oh. And, um, the serviceman backed out and I didn't know where he was. Oh gosh. So my four son, Benny, um, passed away in that way. And, um, my life imploded. Yeah. Everything that I knew about life imploded and I changed in an instant. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I didn't know is that I had post-traumatic stress disorder. I just didn't know. Right. Um, you know, obviously it was horrible and everything about it, um, was horrible. Right. Of course. Yeah. And, um, I, there's just, I, I thought I had grief, just complicated grief. Mm-hmm. But the post-traumatic stress disorder was affecting processes in my body. Okay. So that I couldn't regulate anything. I wasn't hungry, ever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating because I wasn't even hungry. There was no use to R- eating. Right. I couldn't sleep at all. Um, never got tired. And honestly didn't want to go to sleep because waking up in the morning and realizing life again was horrible. Mm-hmm. And so my entire body just began to just shut down. And so all those connections mm-hmm. just started to disappear. disappear. Yeah. And so I'm convinced that for bereaved parents, especially in circumstances, any bereaved parent, but um, especially in a circumstance that involves extreme trauma mm-hmm. and um, shock. I know many examples. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that there's a way to continue to live without some major shift yeah. and some major choice to actually live. Mm-hmm. Because everything in your body, everything in your mind, just wants to shut completely down. Right. Because it doesn't find any meaning yeah. anymore. Yeah. And um, it doesn't trust body, mind, emotions. Doesn't trust any goodness anymore. Right. And so I, uh, yeah, completely wanted to shut down. But. Not even just my will, like everything in me. Yeah. Every part of me that had any sort of will just gave up. So my faith um, at the time um, and continue, continues to inf- inspire me and give mm-hmm. me the will. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like God showed up for me. <laughs> yeah. And... Sorry if I cry. No, you're... That's so, yeah, so uh, I do feel that he showed up for me, and I feel that he has directed almost everything that since that time. Mm-hmm. Well, more than that, but anyway. So I, at the time, I felt like I was able to start to make some choices mm-hmm. to live. Mm-hmm. But I still struggled. Yeah. And... Um, 
to make those choices is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Not just to live, but to actually make the choices right. to live. Yeah. And so my husband one day found, because we've always liked nutritional healing. Okay. And my husband one day found a DVD at Target, I think. Yeah. Of Rodney Yee. Um, and Patricia Walden, <laughs> I know, yoga AM, PM, and brought it home. And he said, I heard this was supposed to help you sleep. And so, okay, here's the deal is that we were more conservative evangelical Christians at one point. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm not so much now, yeah. but <laughs> I still love Jesus. I, I do. Jesus, I Ross, Jesus. You know. <laughs> Jesus, but anyway, um, at that time, I felt that maybe yoga wouldn't be good for me to do spiritually. Okay, yeah. And there's a lot of people that feel that a way. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And so I, um, so I was like, are you sure we can do this? And I don't want, I, I felt like I was maybe jeopardizing my healing quote-unquote right, right um by doing it yeah and i didn't want to jeopardize you my healing you don't want to cheat on jesus no because <laughs> i love him <laughs> jesus is my dude and um so anyway so i um my husband was like well we could just try it and so we did and I was also skeptical too, though, but I just, with the movement and the breath, <laughs> and they had this calm music too, but the movement and the breath and the calm music, I just did its magic that mm -hmm. first night and really calmed my mind okay. in order to sleep. And um, I just thought this is pretty amazing. Yeah. I didn't really realize how good this make, would, can make me feel. Mm -hmm. I think I was just so in a, such a desperate strait that I, any, any slow movement, breath, listening internally would have just done wonders. And it did. Mm -hmm. And so, so we kept doing it. And then, um, then I turned down the music and put on this DVD or this um, CD that I had of a man, beautiful music and reading scripture, mm -hmm. Christian scriptures. Mm -hmm. And it really, that, that portion of focusing my mind on things that gave me hope mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, was huge Yeah, because I needed all the hope I could get every single moment. Mm -hmm. So it, it uh, began to transform me. So that's what got me into yoga. Wow. And that's then so heavy. since that and I know. It's great. Though. Since that time, it's it's um, you know, we moved to India mm -hmm. shortly after that. And so for my husband's job and I got to know a little bit more about yoga, I also knew got to know about the culture very much uh, mm -hmm. very deeply from friends. And um, I practiced a little bit of yoga there with a man named Prasad, but I didn't study. I didn't go there to study, mm -hmm. but I studied yeah. the culture mm -hmm. and learned so much because we lived among the Indian culture rather than apart from it, like so many Westerners do. Right. 
even yogis. Yeah. <laughs> see that all the time. I know. <laughs> and around, sorry, no, this, no. for me asking, this is sort of rude. Around how old were you when you, when you started your yoga practice? So, Just so people can have a little yeah, perspective. Exactly. exactly. I was... I was, let me think, I was 32. 32 when you started. Mm-hmm. And that was the home practice with the DVD. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. so once you got into it, so I, I know you've told me before that you, you have a dance background. Yes, I do. Did you find that once you kind of were more into a regular practice that your dance background helped you or hindered you? Well, I believe that. You know, I believe that some people have dance backgrounds and then some people are dancers from mm-hmm. the moment they come out of their mamas. Yeah. And I feel like as a dancer from the moment I came out of my mom, mm-hmm. I I do, I mean, I did like semi-professionally dance mm-hmm. and then I had babies. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yes, because I believe that as a mover, I call myself a mover and you mm-hmm. are too, mm-hmm. I have a little bit more kinesthetic awareness than yeah. an average person. So when I see somebody doing something with their body and they describe the small little things to move, excuse me, I can understand that pretty quickly. Yeah. Whereas some people don't have that kinesthetic awareness. Right. And so I do have a little bit more natural kinesthetic awareness. Excuse me. So yes, I do think it helped. Mm -hmm. Um, However, you know, without moving, I was, even though I, so people are like, well, you can do that because you're a dancer. And if they could have seen my, how I moved after four sons within the span of mm-hmm. eight years, yeah. you know, bearing and birthing and raising, my body was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was not doing the stuff I do now yeah. not at all. Not even close. Yeah. I didn't even have any thought. Right. to do that. Right. Yeah, I, I thought about that question because, you know, from the two classes that I took in yoga, I, I wanted to like it because I was I would see pictures and I'm like, oh, I could probably do that. I'm yeah. pretty flexible. Right. And then I'd be like, I don't like this. Right. <laughs> I'm too flexible. It's uh, dirty. <laughs> right, right. No, seriously. And that's, I mean, you and I talked about that, but that's the, the hypermobility issue is is real and for some reason at the get-go of yoga every time they would do things that involve flexibility for some reason in my brain I would think well that's great I can do that but I've always freaking been able to do flexibility things I I didn't have any word for high mobility I didn't know anything Mm -hmm. but but I've always been, and I kind of didn't want to fall into the, oh, I'm going to do this because it's easy for me. Yeah. That pisses me off. Something about that mindset pisses me off. Mm-hmm. I want to be challenged. Right. I want to be challenged. I don't want to do something that, okay, well, what the hell? I mean, I can, sorry. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I, can <laughs> I can do this stuff since, you know, since I was a kid. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I know nine-year-olds that do this stuff. Right. How is this going to spiritually help me right. or help my body? Exactly. Anyway. So at what point in your journey did you decide that you wanted to teach yoga? <laughs> uh, two points, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the first point when I started doing this, 
so where I started practicing this was back in 2003, 2004 in Missouri. Okay. Springfield, Missouri is where we lived. Christiantown, USA. It really is. And, but I thought, gosh, Christians need to practice this because this is really good. Mm -hmm. And if I can make this, if I can take away the fear of this for them mm -hmm. and make it a little bit more culturally acceptable for them, mm -hmm. I believe everything, culture is everything. And if you can really reach somebody by the way they think, I think that's a, a wonderful thing to do. Christians teach you that all the time. Yes. Christians are good at teaching you that. <laughs> and so that's the way I thought. Like, why can't why can't we as Christians do this? I mean, there are some things that maybe we're not supposed to do but um, about this practice, but let's practice this. So anyway, so I thought I'm going to try to make it, teach it to the people around me. And so I reached out to a church and I asked, because a church that was, a mega church that was building a um, gym. Oh. Along with its... Starbucks, that was our <laughs> In there. It's my it's, kind of church. <laughs> there's a few of them in the Midwest. Just go see. They like their big places. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, so it was going to be, I thought, why not? And so I reached out to them. They were like, oh, a woman already reached out to us. You can talk to her about it. So I reached out to her, and she was like, yeah, I want to do this. I have, she had a fitness background. Mm -hmm. I have no background in this either. So we found like a day certification program mm -hmm. in Kansas City, and we went to that. And um, it was Christian yoga. It was so funny. <laughs> day certification. <laughs> and um, so we did that, and then we came back and taught. And what I had done is I had pretty much, by that time, I had moved on from Rodney Yee to Baron Baptiste and memorized. Baron Baptiste has a really excellent program. And anyway, I. I had memorized his DVD. <laughs> and then for my dance background, it was easy for me to do. Yeah, yeah. And so I memorized his DVD and I taught it. And sorry, Baron Baptiste. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pay very much. Um, and then, so taught that. And then that's when my husband got the job in India. And so that's when everything went on a hiatus for about three years. Okay. And then um, India was another transformative experience that would take a whole other few hours to talk about because we my husband worked in anti-trafficking human trafficking work mm -hmm. and it was life transforming as well mm -hmm. um so anyway we came back from there barely alive and then my husband went to Iraq for two years and a year and a half actually and I raised the boys so then when he came back from Iraq is when we moved here okay, and quickly found out that it was freaking expensive to live here yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and we needed me to supplement our mm -hmm. income yeah. and I told my husband I can't, I mean I can think of a lot of like I could work at Target, I could you know mm -hmm. be a receptionist anywhere but after being out of the workforce for 25 years mm -hmm. and having a bachelor's degree in Washington DC what what job am I going to get right and a cultural anthropology degree at that I mean maybe maybe I could take the state department exam or something but anyway so I said why don't I figure out how to teach yoga and we'd have to pay an initial investment for me to go and get my cert uh, not certification 
credentialing. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no certification. Oh. There's no national exam. If anybody says they're a certified yoga teacher, they're not. Oh, they're credentialed. That's good to know. It's a really good thing to know. Yeah, okay. Never certified, only credentialed. Anyway, okay. so got my credentialing, 200-hour RYT from Yoga Alliance, and then started teaching at the local gym, started teaching at little a little church around the corner. Mm-hmm. And thought that's what I would teach is one or two classes a week. Mm-hmm. No. And that's it how it happened. <laughs> that is not what your schedule is like now. Lisa. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, we discussed earlier that what I thought my version of yoga was, I thought it was this one thing. And, you know, you gave us your definition of yoga earlier. I don't think people realize how many different styles of yoga there actually is. Right. Um, can you kind of quickly go through, like, just off the top of your head, a list of various styles of yoga, like the oh names of them or, like, oh my gosh, my what gosh. they might look like so people could recognize them? Absolutely. So many. <laughs> I think all people know is um, hot yoga. <laughs> so, first of all, there is a... Big difference between, you know, like I said, having lived in India, mm-hmm. yoga can be and is lifestyle, philosophy, mm-hmm. a meditative, transformative way of living. Right. It's not just poses. Not even that, close. That's like a tiny tip the original of the iceberg of what yoga even is. practice involved... Nobody even knows mm-hmm. how many poses it really did involve. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, there are extremely wise gurus that teach thousands and thousands of people in India and don't do very many physical yoga poses, so mm-hmm. asana. Mm-hmm. So that physical is a limb of yoga, and it's asana. And, um, and a man named Patanjali in South India was the one that described the eight limbs and only one of them mm-hmm. is physical. Okay. So, so to say what kind, I mean, like seriously, there's the entire, it's like, like, can you describe to me food? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like there's just so much. <laughs> right. There's like, all exactly. And so in the U S mm-hmm. in the U S the general thing that when somebody says, I want to go do yoga or at a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Should I do yoga? Mm-hmm. They're not talking about a meditative practice mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can find it right. here, mm-hmm. but there's probably not what they're talking about. Most people think about how can my hips feel better? How can my spine back feel better? And mm-hmm. that's what I encounter with most people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, there's hot yoga, which is Bikram, which was led by a man that was a charlatan. Yes. And that's why... <laughs> Nobody should do it. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Don't honor that Charlton. So anyway, um, anyway, but that now it's called hot yoga, and a lot of those studios have separated themselves from him, and it's, mm-hmm. a lot of them just call themselves hot yoga. It's the room is heated to 105 degrees. Usually, when you see when you see a studio that says hot yoga, the room is heated to 105 degrees. They do a series of 26, 28 poses that never change, okay. and they hold them. Oh. Hot yoga, there's vinyasa. Well, let me, there's, uh, um, 
gym yoga, which I teach too, <laughs> that'll probably be either somebody that has done a few weekends of a fitness training. You mm-hmm. can get yoga fit okay. credentialed. Okay. And that's not you, um, RYT. Um, it's, you're not even doing the basic credentialing okay. that people get that become teachers at teaching studios. It's good to know your teacher's background. Yes. I always tell my patients that no matter what they're doing, whether it's personal training, boot camp, like find out what that person exactly. has done. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so it's hot, and then sometimes you'll see hot in other studios that are not called hot yoga, hot power yoga studios, mm-hmm. but they'll have hot power in there, similar to Bikram, but not so much. They'll still have a hot room, but it's mm-hmm. not the same sequence as those hot studios, hot yeah. yoga studios. Um, oh gosh, there's just there's so many, my friend. Yeah. There is Yin. Yin is what you are describing about the. whole Holds so there's two. Oh my gosh, there's so much I could say, but I'm gonna keep it short. There's two major strains of yoga in the U.S. right now. Okay. One is Yengar, and one is comes from a man named Patabi Joyce Ashtanga. These two major strains, Yengar, they both well, BKS Yengar Patabi Joyce are from the same teacher, Krishnamacharya in South India, where Patanjali was. And anyway, both of these men learn from this man, Krishnamacharya, who had a long lineage. And they both came to the West with their variation on what Krishnamacharya taught them. Okay. So Yengar taught his variation of it, and very simply, very, very simply, um, his variations involve longer holds. Okay. And use a lot of props, blocks, straps, things like that. Okay. Patabi Joyce didn't use a lot of props. In fact, maybe none, but, and had a very set sequence pretty much to his own set sequence, but it moved a little faster, was more a little, a little bit more athletic. Okay. Again, that can, people's opinions vary on that, but those are the two major kind of, if you can think of it, major strains in the U.S. And these strains then had little grandchildren that filtered off. So there's ones that tend to be a little bit calmer, longer holds, using a lot of props, mm-hmm. and there's variations that tend to be a little move, more movement-oriented, intense, and kind of can go athletic and make you sweat. And so in the U.S., those are kind of what you can get. So many varieties of right. each one of those. Right. And so many people with opinions saying, this is the real yoga, and uh, what you're doing is the wrong yoga, just like everybody else. Yeah. But anyway, so the kind that I practice mainly is vinyasa. Okay. And vinyasa means, um, well, means many things, but it's movement with breath, pretty much. Okay. And, and so uh, the movement can be set because even Baron Baptiste, like I was saying, that guy, mm-hmm. he, that's vinyasa yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's a strain of the Ashtangi system, and it tends, to, it tends to move a little quicker per breath, so an inhale, a lift, an exhale, a grounding. Okay. And, um, and it tends toward a little bit more sweat, a little bit more athleticism. So generally, 
when you find ones in gyms or most yoga studios, honestly, mm -hmm. here it's a little bit more movement oriented, a little bit more vinyasa. Okay. But you can find things called like yin. Yin is, and restorative, <clears throat> they're long holds. Mm -hmm. And you sit sometimes three to five minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in a pose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and... I have my opinions. Yeah. <laughs> so I prefer, I prefer vinyasa and um, very specific types of vinyasa I prefer okay. because I like the connection between stability and I even don't like to call it flexibility. I like to call it pliability mm -hmm. in, in the tissues of your body. Yeah. Balancing stability and pliability in the tissues of your body to me is where change happens. Yes. And growth occurs. Yes. And these are the concepts that I try to tell my patients all the time when they just want to move. They just want to fling their arms all around, but their shoulder blades are doing crazy things. Right. And I have to remind them that teacher, a professor I had in physical therapy school said this. On, so I don't even remember which one it was, but it stuck with me that you have to have stability before you have mobility. And and I tell them that all the time. And no matter what you're doing, you have to have the stable part first before anything else can move. Yeah. Before you have the mobility. So I, I see what you're saying. I absolutely. I mean, I just can't tell you how many bodies I've seen. And I see that all the time increasingly. Yeah. All right. Is, and so that's the style that you like to practice. Is that also kind of the style that you like to teach? Yes. I mean, if it, if it could be, if the style that I teach could be categorized. Okay. <laughs> um, because I'm a special unicorn. <laughs> you are a special, you're my special unicorn, Lisa. I, do you know Enneagrams? No. Enne oh, I love Enneagrams. <laughs> um, but I mean, I kind of like it. It's one of those typology things where you like, personality test type of thing oh. and I'm an Enneagram 4 and an Enneagram 4 is very individualistic okay. it's one of the first like typology things that I've seen that I'm like that is me that is me <laughs> but yeah no I I also think specifically because of and this happens with a lot of bereaved parents is that you go through something tragic and traumatic like that you pretty much start to weed out everything that is not going to help you and really quickly mm -hmm. because you are looking for reality and you desperately need help. Mm -hmm. And so I think you start to just kind of be in a place where, yeah, no, not that. Right. This, uh-huh, no, not that. Yeah. I don't have time. Right. I don't have time in my emotions. I don't have time in my body to just make you grow your business or make you feel good about what you do mm -hmm. or I don't know. You just, I need to find what's going to be good for me right now at this time. And so mm -hmm. I, so I, the yoga that I practice, I would be able to say, well, I go to this teacher and nope, that's not what I want. Nope. That's not what I want. Mm -hmm. Nope. That's not what I want. And I found the things that made me feel good, mm -hmm. but also be able to feel like I can grow. I want to grow. Yeah. Again, going back to this thing of, as a brief parent, I feel that you either choose to live or you choose to die. 
and you can die physically, emotionally, mentally, all three, Mm -hmm. but you don't, in my opinion, in my experience, I have to choose to live it every single day. Yeah. And so choosing to live involves moving forward and I have to grow and I have to learn. Right. Otherwise I go the other way. And, um, so for me, this practicing in a way that balances the stability and pliability, learning about the body. I study all the time. Mm -hmm. That's why I love you, PT. (laughs) And that's why I love you as a yoga instructor. I think, (laughs) why not listen to people that study the body and watch people walk? Mm -hmm. How cool. Yeah. Somebody that'll watch somebody walk for an hour or study their body and look at how they move. Mm -hmm. We should listen to these people. Yeah. And so... Listening to PTs, listening to people that really, really want to study the body with wisdom. That's what I try to do. I try to do that. And then there's a lot of movement specialists, a lot of people that really, not. I'm not talking about CrossFit. I'm talking about calisthenics. I'm talking about people that are wise movers. Mm-hmm. It's like a cross-section between dancers, physical therapists, yogis, martial artists, mm-hmm. people that study how to move right and what makes them good watching professional athletes yeah how they do what they do mm-hmm. and then i th- i think when you start to kind of take all of this in and how do these people train their bodies then that's what i started doing and that's when i started kind of taking the skeleton of yoga mm-hmm. and adding in things that I felt help wake people up to what's happening in their body based on all this wide range of things. So that's why my classes, I always say it's like cilantro, you know, you either love it or you you think it tastes like soap. And that's tends to what happened with my classes is that people are like, Oh my God, that was amazing. It's so different. I always get that. That was different and awesome or I have people say to me I don't know why you do that the way what about I just want to come in and I just want to do some salutation a some salutation b and I just want to do and not think right I want to do a basic vanilla class mm-hmm. and not think because that's what yoga is supposed to do you're not supposed to have to think about what's happening you're supposed to really dial in and not think mm-hmm. sure <laughs> <laughs> and you that's why, and then that's when I say that the that the great thing about that is there's ten yoga studios, and then like fifty million yoga teachers right down the road. Right, exactly. Oh my god, go find them. Exactly, find what works for you. Absolutely. We're cilantro here, ah! <laughs> and 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 so yeah, yeah. I I mean I've told I've had people tell me, and I've told this to some teacher trainees recently. You're too hard. You're too easy. You're too fast. You're too slow. Mm-hmm. You're too repetitive. You're not repetitive enough. You're too... They don't ever tell me basic. Um, <laughs> they don't ever tell me basic. But, you know, you do too many of this. You do too many of that. I've had every manner of feedback and people telling me everything. Yeah. And so if I go by all those things, I'm just so wishy-washy. Right. You can't please everybody. No. And in yoga, you just have to... Anyway, I just am very, very... I study all the time, and I study human bodies 
I um, study the way people think, and that's what I want to do. Is I want I want people to think. Mm-hmm. So when people say I don't want to think, I'm like, that's fine. But you're thinking right now, and you're thinking all the time. Right. What are you thinking about? Well, it's funny that you mention the. 50 other studios and 50 other million teachers just down the road because I was going to say, you know, with everybody coming at you with their various criticisms, you know, there's so many different styles. There's so many different ways that people teach. And because of that, would you be a person that says yoga is for everybody? (laughs) It depends on what you mean by yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just as a whole. uh Whenever people ask me, how many times a week should I practice yoga? It's like, it's like asking a dentist, how many times should I brush my teeth? Right. You know, like I, and I've gone back and forth in this because, you know, I first started practicing yoga and then anyway, a long history of it where I thought, well, maybe it's not yoga that I practice. Well, no, it is. Well, no, it's not. Well, no, it is. And, um, again, because yoga to me is the connection between the your body, your mind, your emotions. Mm-hmm. There's a there's thousands of years of yoga philosophy that I could spend a whole other podcast talking to you about. Mm-hmm. That is what yoga is. Mm-hmm. So because to me that's what yoga is, it's a practice. Right. I think everybody then should do it. Right. <laughs> and in some way, honestly, again, here I can get in trouble if I have tons of people but in some way, honestly, I have a very broad mind in regards to things. And I think that even a lot of my family and friends who think that yoga is demonic are in some way practicing yoga, honestly, already. I'm sure. But they just don't call it yoga. Yeah. So I can get in trouble by the Christians. I can get in trouble by the yogis. Yeah. Um, I, but I do have a very broad sense of what yoga is. It's this practice of a mm-hmm. connection of your mind, your body, your emotions. Yeah. And so in that way, I think everybody is, a lot of people are practicing yeah. or should practice. Right. And so, yes, I do think everybody should practice because mm-hmm. it's just being aware. Mm-hmm. But the physical practice of yoga and what you can find in the 50 million studios that all are around you, I would love for everybody to practice mm-hmm. <laughs> the physical asana-based yeah. modern yoga Modern Western, honestly, yoga. Yeah. But I am so fine with people <laughs> not doing it. Because my my basic philosophy for the body and for movement is, it's and it's so basic, I want to move as long as possible right. with as much freedom as possible. What will get you to move as long as possible with as much freedom as possible? If it's kaza and that's going to only do you, do it. Move with freedom for as long as possible. But the only thing is, is that when you start to do things with your body without awareness, playing soccer forever. I'm one of my sons loves soccer and I love soccer. I love to watch him. I think it's a beautiful sport. But with, if you do that without awareness for too long, your knees hurt, your hips hurt, lower back hurts, and then you can't play soccer. Right. So what is it that you're going to do? that gets you to a place where you can play soccer. Right. The only reason I worked out in my over 12 years of having babies, mm-hmm. the only reason that kept me working out was because I wanted to get to a place at the end of it where I could still dance. 
I love dance. Dance enlivens my soul. Mm-hmm. And if I was doing things that wouldn't give me the freedom to dance, oh, no, 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 no. I needed right. to do things that give me that freedom to dance for as I hope to. I mean, I can't control everything, but mm-hmm. I want to just like die dancing. I mean, I right, do. Right. I just want to be like, <laughs> take my last step, keel over. <laughs> I mean, that's to me, that's to me being alive. Yes, that's a happy life for me. That's to me being alive. Exactly. And so, and I'm so convinced that your body, when it stops moving, it starts dying. Yeah. And so, because we, I feel we're created to move, but what's going to give you the freedom to move? And if what you're doing and the practices you have in your life, everybody has practices. Mm -hmm. We all have practices. Sitting at a computer every day is a practice. Mm -hmm. If those practices are not giving you the ability to move with freedom, then change it up. Exactly. Exactly. And to me, that's what yoga has done. It's given me the freedom to move. Okay. It's given me the freedom to move. It's not dance. Oh, right. God, no. <laughs> Very different. Yes. <laughs> but it's given you some freedom to But be people would say to. my classes are more dance-like, and I think I just can't help it. That's why I'm addicted to your classes, Lisa. <laughs> that is why. It just seeps <laughs> out of my pores. <laughs> well... You know, if if there were somebody that were interested in beginning a yoga practice, mm-hmm. a, fi- a physical, the mm-hmm. physical aspect of a yoga practice, how would you suggest that they start? Or do you have tips for them to start in a healthy way? Yeah. Yes, in that there's good, again, look at the background of your teacher. Mm-hmm. I find we have an abundance of online things which are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes the only thing people can choose because of time or money. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Right now, I feel that yoga is wrongly in the socioeconomic level of upper middle class, mainly white people. Yeah. And period. That's yeah. it. And I don't think that's right, but it is that way. So I get, as a mom who could afford to go to McDonald's with her kids mm-hmm. for the first you know, 10 to 15 years of her mothering. I get when people say, I don't have money to go to a studio. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know what to say other than come to my classes with you guys. Yeah. At my home. Yes. But yes, I get that. So, so the online option for a lot of people is the only option they Mm -hmm. have. Um, You can contact me and I'll tell you what good teachers are available for free and online. Okay. There's a lot of them, and I can tell you what ones they are. But, and a lot of gyms have, honestly, it's not perfect instruction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's very basic. It's a start. It's a start. You have to start somewhere, right? Seriously. Yeah. Like, I know when I started dance, the t- dance teacher that I started with wasn't the greatest dance teacher in the world. Mm-hmm. But I started. Right. And then after that, I was able to judge where mm-hmm. to go after that. Yeah. So, yeah, so I would just say start. With yeah. something that's close. And then find why, if you're able to afford a great PT as you and have great insurance, mm-hmm. uh, find wise people that know the body really well and ask them. Right. Always know that people are informed by their opinions, though. And, yes. there, are some, <laughs> and there are some people that are in the physical therapy world that 
aren't supportive of yoga. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So understand that too. But just, I don't know, just be wise, listen internally, move. If people could just move and listen. Move it, and listen. Those are the biggest things. So <laughs> that's, that is the biggest thing. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much. I so much appreciate you taking your time out to speak with me this morning. And I always ask my guests this one question just so people can get to know you a little bit better as a person. If you had your perfect Saturday where you just had no responsibilities, (laughs) you can just do whatever you wanted, what could you describe what that day would look like for us? (laughs) I gotta cry. Um, I teach all the time. My perfect Saturday would be at home mm-hmm. with all of my boys. Yeah. Making them breakfast. I love it. Hanging out, talking with them. Yeah. And having them talk back. Right. Because a lot of them are adults now and they don't talk to me very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> kind of there. No, that sounds amazing. Because honestly, Lisa, on social media, when I see, you know, you have short videos or pictures yeah. of, of your just home life, I'm like, oh, I just, can I live there too? I want to <laughs> hang out with the boys and George, the, the canine brother, and, <laughs> canine brother, and just hang out. Everybody's having such a good time. Sometimes you're not having a good time, but it's real. And no, I, I mean, that's... Um, they give me life, yeah, and they've always mm-hmm. given me life. And my husband's a really stellar dad, yeah, and stellar, really. I, if for all these boys, I couldn't imagine a a better dad for yeah. them. So yeah, it is this. They're my life. Yeah, that's awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much. Um, so if our listeners want to be able to find you for classes. Um, or if they're interested in working with you, mm-hmm. can you let us know how they can find you? Yes. I have a website. Okay. LisaMartinezYoga.com. Remember, remember to put yoga on it. LisaMartinezYoga.com. And you can find my teaching schedule there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leading a retreat yeah. in um, December, December 15th to the 22nd. And Kira maybe was going to be. <laughs> I was, so I spent so much of this year debating, and then there was a very strong "I'm going," and then there was an "I'm not going." I get it. But you know, there's still you, you never know, Lisa. I might just surprise you in Costa Rica. I love it. You might just see me on the beach. Spending a week like, with you, my happening? friend, would be very happy for me. So that there's that, and then so there there's my contact info on there, and. Okay. It has my private lessons listed there, but I, and I have my price point high because I don't have a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to work with me and you want to figure something out, I always figure things out with people. So, because yeah. I'm all, I, like I said, I'm I'm a normal mom. Yeah. And I, I can vouch that no matter what the price point is, it's worth it. Lisa has, you've seriously changed me. It means the world to me. So I am so happy to have met you. You were put in my life for a reason. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lisa. And I hope that our listeners had a great time listening about everything you had to talk about. And I hope that some of those physical therapists that are out there that have their one 
mindset of what yoga is and maybe frown upon it can have their eyes open a little bit more today. Just tell them, I get it. I I probably agree too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Love you, Kira.